0: I am a storyteller. I love writing skits. I love watching and creating entertainment, namely movies and video games. I enjoy getting lost in the imaginative world of a good book. I love these media because they make me feel things. They are an opportunity to write and experience stories outside of my own. Even a good reading of a classic camp story like Oli's First Touchdown and By the Waters of Babylon sets off fireworks in my head visceral images fly through my mind of the decomposing overgrown skyscrapers in Babylon and the utter absurdity of a car stuffed with jocks driving down the side of the road screaming at one dude to stop running. I imagine what the characters in these stories are feeling as they take in these moments and in some way feel them myself. That right there is empathy. Hearing and watching these experiences grows my ability to understand the feelings and conditions of others a skill that far exceeds the fictional borders of these stories. Stories help me be a better counselor and a better person. In this talk, I'm gonna focus on one particular story, my story, well, also your story, our individual stories, the stories, the narratives we write of our lives, the one story that will be experienced start to finish only by you. Here is one particular segment of mine. The year is 2018. I'm in my final semester of high school. My sights are set on college, and I'm dying to get out of this place I've called home my entire life. My life was not bad, nowhere near it. I just felt as though I had failed. I wasn't super popular. I wrote myself as the quiet nerd, and that was, and that was how I was supposed to act. I couldn't break from it. The expectations of, of those around me were set. This is how I was perceived one friend introduced me to people as the shy friend, right off the bat. There was nothing left for me in Boulder, so I thought moving to a new place with a new set of people on whom I could rewrite who I was would fix everything I was unsatisfied with in my life. One day, a girl from my English class appeared beside the desk where I ate lunch and asked if I wanted to come with her to get bagels. This was an opportunity I had waited for for a long, long time, I surely wasn't going to take that leap myself. A new friend, maybe even a girlfriend, someone to share my life with, and though the logic is flawed, someone to validate me. I was so excited. It sounded so wonderful. I turned her down. I buried my face in my computer and told her I had to work on a project for class. She left, clearly off-put. And in the weeks following, she asked me, a few more times to do different things, trying her best to be a friend, and every time I found an excuse. I have a track meet, too much homework, not enough time, never enough time, I'm the silent genius plotting something huge that's gonna blow up and make me rich and famous. I wanted to be her friend, so why? Why did I suffocate that flame? In my head, I felt I wasn't ready, I wasn't good enough, not worthy. Fast forward a few months, It's prom season. Despite plenty of groups that would have gladly accepted me to join them, or dates that might have said yes if I had had the courage to ask, I spent prom night sitting alone in a cold movie theater watching Avengers Infinity War. The decision was extremely intentional. I put on this facade that I was too cool for prom, that I didn't want to go because I love these movies so much. But I sat in that movie theater not because I loved Marvel movies. I could have watched that movie any other night for the rest of my life. I sat in that theater to perpetuate my narrative. I was the lone wolf, the one who didn't quite fit in, so I chose to reject this social rite of passage. I tell you this because this is what I believed was my story. Through much of middle and high school, I told myself I was the loser a loner who could never get his confidence together. I hated myself. I was too weird, not masculine enough, not charismatic enough, never smart enough, never enough. I believed I had to be more attractive, wealthy, or popular to be worthy of being in the lives of the people around me. Was it the story I wanted? No. But I believed that due to, the circum- due to circumstances outside of my control, This was who I was and I acted the part, never taking the initiative to challenge it. I felt like a side character in my own life. On my graduation day, I stood after we threw our caps and took it in. I watched my peers hugging each other and crying, just like the scene those of us who have been to Pasquani before are all too familiar with at the end of a summer. I considered that the reason I was not one of these people was due to the decisions I made throughout high school. I took few risks and seized fewer opportunities. I rejected invitations of friendship to play video games instead, and I spent the majority of my time deep within my comfort zone, unbothered to seek out opportunities of high risk and reward. I exchanged a few words with some friends and left with my family, putting a period on that chapter of my life. While these events are true and the lessons learned from them are valid, I hope you recognize as much as I do how much this story reeks of regret, pity, and pessimism. This story is awful. Hyper-analyzing the negative events of your past and letting them define who you are is one of the most depreciating things you can do to yourself. If these were the moments in my life that I hand-selected to define my past, my trajectory for the future, and my mood in the current moment no duh i was down on myself all the time i find myself volumes deep in my failures without taking a moment to write a chapter on my successes let's return to that same period my senior spring this was the moment this was the moment in my life that i started to fight back against this long perceived pattern of character i kept up holding one evening after track practice i overheard a group of my teammates conspiring to get burgers I really wanted to go, not only because I was ravenous, but because I wanted to be a bigger part of the camaraderie of the team. I thought about this as I was packing my bag and then left. But before I reached my car, I stopped. No, I am not going to do this anymore, I told myself. I want that burger, and I want those friends. So I turned around and asked them if I could come, to which they responded with enthusiasm and welcome. It was fun. My narrative of being a loner started to fall apart as it became a regular thing. Each practice we'd hit a different burger place, sharing stories and bonding over the pains and victories of running. The decisions I, I made in the, other, uh, the decisions I made in the other side of this story likely prevented these friendships from going farther. But this was progress. All of a sudden, thanks to this small moment of bravery, I was on the come-up. I was the underdog. I was rooting for myself. In my English class I decided to challenge this idea further by making my final writing project a love letter to myself. Here is that letter. Dear me, last week you sat on a school bus hurtling 60 miles per hour down I-25 towards the track meet that you correctly suspected would be canceled given the absolutely miserable weather conditions. In the row in front of you sat Wiley, the weirdest yet coolest dude on the entire track team. He's one of those people whose face moves exactly with what they're thinking, whether it's the smile of a good memory or the concentrated look that surfaces when he's preparing for a race. But then Wiley turned to you and said something that surprised you. If you had to, do high sc- if you had to start high school all over, what would you do differently? The answer jumped into your head immediately, despite the spontaneity of the question. Make more friends. Wiley responded by recessing back into his thoughts as indicated by the expression on his face, but you kept thinking about the question. Why did the answer come to me so fast? Humans require interaction with one another to survive, but during your freshman year, you believed that was not the case. You expected your friends to act flawlessly in accordance with your values or you'd dismiss them from your life. After all, you only needed good good grades and video games. When they inevitably didn't meet your impossible standards, you burned all the bridges you'd spent years building with them and isolated yourself. You found this isolation to be nothing like what you expected, depressing and lonely. All you wanted to do was fit back in, but fear had already taken you hostage. Until recently, you finally put your foot down and said you're ready to square up with fear you've tried your best to get to know the people who do the activities you love alongside you, you've learned. You're better because of it. And while it may be too late for this chapter of your life, you've set yourself on the right course for the next. It's going to be hard. Fear is an enemy that dismantles you from the inside. To win, you must welcome it and then quietly ignore it, holding close to your heart the fact that you are good enough. There are going to be instances where things don't go your way and your stomach will feel like it's being tied into knots and all you'll want to do is give up and retreat into your digital lands of solitude. But doing that is letting fear win. So keep trudging through the mud. Throw yourself into situations where you feel comfortably uncomfortable. You'll find your way. This fall will be your chance to do exactly what you said. Make more friends. Your people are out there and you are good enough to be part of their lives. Just keep doing the things you love. They'll be waiting for you. Love yourself. When I view it that way, my senior spring was the, transform- the transformative beginning of something great. It's incredible how much control you have over how you view yourself and how you can change it in an instant with the inclusion of a few details and the catharsis of a few others. One version of this story fills me with sadness and self-pity, while the other makes me feel hopeful and charged for the future. Which do you think is more beneficial to believe? Here I stand, three years removed from this period of my life. The road has had its ups and downs, a few, diff- a few difficult lessons learned in my freshman fall of college, followed by an all-time high in confidence many of you experienced as frat man McClure, followed by, well, pandemic. Now I'm here with you, rebounding and recharging once again in this place that fosters positive thinking like no other. Though sometimes I forget the encouragement of my letter and find myself back in narratives of negativity and fear, I can always find my way back. The solid set of values I learned at Pasquani and the non-negotiable belief that I am rooting for myself guides how I view my story for the better. This is a talk about self-esteem. Just like the stories we consume for entertainment, the story you tell yourself day to day also makes you feel things. Be aware of this inner narrative and use it to your advantage. Have empathy for yourself. Life is so much better when you choose to view yourself positively. The great philosopher Matthew McConaughey once said, Be the author of your own life. Be the author of your own life. You choose how to frame your circumstances. You decide what moments to confide in. You choose which thoughts to sow and which acts to reap. I hope you find yourself the hero of your story. The hero who believes in and roots for himself even in his lowest moments. The hero who loves himself even if he doesn't fully believe it all the time. The hero who seizes small opportunities for bravery you decide your story. All you have to do is pick up the pen and write it. Thank you.